and here we are once again on a Thursday afternoon, noon, if you're watching on East Coast time, 11 Central, uh, and then 10 o'clock Mountain Time. <laughs> and the reason I say Mountain Time is because we have the return of Dr. Zach Rogers. We're going to discuss the latest LMI report and the state of supply chains across the globe. Uh, I'm Zach Strickland, head of freight market intelligence. With me, as always, Anthony Smith, our chief economist. And today's show will be just discussing the ongoing transition of the economy and supply chains. We're not we're not out of the woods, Anthony. No, not by a long shot. No. And there are just so many different variables that are playing. And even if we see like the whole number. So, for example, one I'm thinking about is the labor market. Mm -hmm. Just the number, the headline number doesn't really quite tell the story of what's happening underneath, especially with the jobs that are open versus the jobs that are being lost. But of course, getting ahead of ourselves here. And I'm going to be looking down from time to time. As we mentioned, we are going to have Dr. Zach Rogers on a little bit later on. So if you want to join in on the conversation, of course, we are streaming live on LinkedIn. So if you're watching there, thanks for tuning in. If you want to join in on the conversation, leave a comment there for a little shout out or join in on the show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's complicated, but we're here to break it down for you and give you some specifics to work with. And speaking of specifics, Anthony, would you like to count me in so I can give the people their market up their freight market update in two? Of course. In three, two, one, go. All right. First up, as usual, our OTVI, our measure of freight demand, total tenders being counted uh, in the freight market. So shipper to carrier. How many requests are there? OTVI has found a little bit of a plateau here in early May. We had a bit of an increase coming out of April. Now, this is not a significant increase. Now, back before pandemic times, this would be something that we would be like, oh my gosh, there's significant demand. However, there is so much capacity available. This is not necessarily having a strong impact on rates or tender rejections, et cetera. Uh, but it is going to be a trend to monitor because there's a lot of concern on how how much support is demand going to have in the second half of the year? We still continue to see this uh, optimistic, this you know, cautious, optimistic outlook from a lot of people. This demand kind of shows there is reason for that uh, for the time being because it's not dropping further. However, I am watching this throughout the summer to make sure that this holds because summer demand tends to be a little bit elevated. Let's move on to the next one. Speaking of rejections and spot rates, that's exactly what these two lines are, and they are moving in sync right now. Now, we thought we were hitting a bottom with tender rejections and spot rates uh, through April. You see those little plateaus there uh, throughout the back half of April. Spot rates didn't, it looked like they were hitting a floor, and we're only, you know, about 6% if you take fuel out above where we were in 2019, meaning carriers are probably losing uh, some dollars on the spot market. Tender rejection rates jumped up over 3%, but now they're back down to about 2.6%. So capacity is still just in abundance. And it looks like carriers are really, they're absorbing that demand without issue. Let's look at the next chart. All right. So the forecast has been a little off, a little wonky. This is not unusual for forecasts, uh, but it looks like maybe it called the bottom a little too early in April as it's seeing upward pressure moving through the rest of the month. And I think there's some validity to that, Anthony. Sack. So rejection is, I mean, <laughs> we thought we were on the floor. We yeah. thought we were on the bottom. I mean, whenever you see that leveling off, typically that means that carriers have finally said, you know what? I'm calling it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is where I'm drawing the line in the sand, but I think it, it was a little early. I mean, if you think about it with so much capacity in the market, you've, they had cash balances on their, on their books that were strong enough to kind of 
suffer the early part of a downturn. We haven't seen the desperation yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, for some we have, but it's it's not like that's what's going to push those rates lower is simply just struggling to stay alive. Yeah. And I think so we had Thomas Watson on a little bit earlier on this morning for Freightways Now. I think he made a really good point that, um, of course, Road Check Week coming up here soon, mm -hmm. that because rates have been so low and low for so long. Any right? reason they get. Yeah. They're going to try to get it. They're going to try to get them higher. And and I think, you know, when you have road check coming up into the month, uh, it's, that's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, there's going to be a lot of people parking their trucks. Yeah. And that's the other thing. So there's going to be, of course, a lot of those people that are going to park their trucks, but also some people that may don't, may, they might not have that abundance of funds that they yeah. would have been sitting on years prior to just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out. So like you said, they're going to some going to be parking their trucks, but also there might be some smaller operation that's just saying, hey, I can't afford to sit this one out anymore. So it's going to be definitely an intriguing next few weeks here. Yeah, that forecast uh, figure there, I mean, it, it it looks a little weird, but I think seasonally speaking, it's grabbing Memorial Day. It's grabbing road check, which tends to happen right around Memorial Day. Uh, and it's trying to it's trying to push that higher. This is just a natural seasonality in May that we would typically see. But the rates are con contradicting it a little bit. But yeah. they were a little more stable in April than the forecast thought. So maybe we're just catching that later than expected. I do think that they will bounce though towards the end of the month. Can we go on for so long? I know. <laughs> I know. Zach, we also have, uh, of course, we got to get into news anomics because we have an amazing guest here for us, but starting it off with the first one. A couple of, a couple of stories really quick because we got to get to Dr. Rogers. Um, you know, Rachel Premack, I just want to call these out because uh, they are very good reads and they're very important for people that follow freight anomics. <laughs> uh, Rachel Premack writes, trucking could maybe get less volatile. Uh, the trucking industry known for its volatility in the first quarter of 2023 alone, nearly 9,000 trucking authorities shuttered. However, shippers uh, such as retailers and manufacturers seem increasingly fed up with the chaos while most are slashing how much they're willing to spend on trucking services in their annual contract, some aren't cutting as deep as they could. And she goes on to give some examples of, of where they're, they're not necessarily all t attacking the bottom line with transportation. They're kind of, they kind of came to a point and they're not necessarily pushing those contracts down uh, as deep as they might uh, should. So very interesting read there. Um, second story, uh, Adam Josephson, he covers the the box and packaging. Yeah. And this is, you know, I want to get your take here real quick, but another sign of profound box demand weakness appears. You know, this packaging uh, Corp of America, the third largest in the country, reported a historically large 13% shipment decline in Q1, though it said on its earning call on April 25th that it had seen a big turnaround, except they are idling a plant <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. So... That example of watch what I'm doing, not what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be a similar story for a lot of folks, of course, where we're looking at, hey, demand has come down compared to where we were during, you know, some of the heightened periods that we saw post-COVID or, you know, shortly, you know, during the latter half of the midst of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be a mm -hmm. common story for a lot of folks. But then there's going to be some that are going to have that spin like, yeah, we've come down from those historic highs, but we're still higher than we were pre-COVID. That's going to be, I think, the second type of story that we hear. And I think the third type is going to be like, hey, yeah, we're, we're down and it's just bad at this point. A mixed bag. And speaking of mixed bags, uh, amidst uh, a lot of pessimistic earnings reports, GXO 
uh, issue solid outlook, raises full year guidance. <laughs> I mean, uh, the one of the world's largest logistics providers here, uh, you know, saw a pretty decent beat on the street. Now, again, you know, I don't take beats of expectations for much, uh, or even misses of expectations, but it does look like they're having some decent success here. Now, some of this was European exposure. It's not pure domestic play here. And they also do a lot of other things. <laughs> There's a, this is a huge portfolio of services here that GXO offers. And one of their big, this is the point that I wanted to make across here. One of their big revenue increase, revenue gains, supply chain restructuring. So a lot of people are getting pushed and I was just at Gartner conference. This is absolutely a thing. Diversification in the supply chain. They're reorganizing their networks to make sure that they don't have some pandemic level chaos again. However, there's a lot of costs that come along with that. Indeed. So it, we'll see. One thing about GXO, they're going to make a way to make money. Yeah. Seems like, but right now we have to bring on the one, the only Dr. Zach Rogers has been far too long and he's here with us today. So welcome to Zach. Hey guys, how's it going? So, hey, I was going to ask you actually, what are we doing to celebrate diesel being below $4 since <laughs> for the first time since two years ago? Are we, are we going out? What's going on? I don't think it's a good sign. <laughs> uh, the last time we saw uh, fuel fall from that type of precipice, it meant a pretty strong industrial side at recession. <laughs> That was 2016. Uh, freight volumes plummeted that year. So I think, you know, if you're outside of transportation and logistics, I mean, even though it may seem like a cost trade-off, like it's like, yeah, we don't spend as much money, but that means you're probably having less demand. <laughs> but, but we also know that we finally saw the supply side of inflation come down last month for the first time in a long time. Negative inflation and if we start to get negative inflation on the supply side, and supply was the main driver of inflation last year, then maybe the Fed can cool it for a minute and we can all get back to the normal. <laughs> I want to I believe what you say, but I, I've got baggage. Um, so uh, thank you for coming on this week. Uh, you know, you have your classes teaching the young minds of, of supply chain across, uh, there in Colorado, but I want to get into this last month's report of a logistics managers index. You, of course, are a big contributor here to the logistics managers index, a diffusion index, anything above 50 expansion, anything below 50 contraction. Give us a high level overview of your biggest takeaways from this, this April's report. Well, you know, I gave my last final last night, so I don't have to deal with them again until <laughs> August. Uh, so I'll, I'll be here every month for the summer. Oh. So, um, this month, we actually had our lowest uh, rating ever for the overall index. And the overall index, like you said, above 50 is growth, below 50 is is contraction, and 50 is no movement. And our overall index, which is a, a combination of, of eight different sub-indices, came in at a 50.9, which is the slowest rate of growth we've ever had. And it's really very close to no movement at all. And this comes on the heels of March's 51.1 reading, which was our previous lowest ever uh, rating. So we're lower now even than we were at, at the very height of COVID lockdowns and, and everything like that. And it's interesting where we really saw it change this month um, was in inventories and warehouse. You know, the for most of 2023, we've had this sort of bifurcation. And we, we had it in 2022 as well, where 
transportation is really slowed down, but warehouses were staying busy because of high levels of inventory. Well, in our April report, warehousing utilization was actually down by 9.9 points. So it was down from a, a 65 to a 55, essentially. And so very uh, low rates of growth in, in warehousing utilization. And that was really driven by inventory levels also dropping, same as the overall index, to a 50.9. Now, that's huge if you think about where we were a year ago. You know, in, in February of 22, our inventory numbers were at an 80. One of the big issues that we had last year across supply chains where we had this, you know, the bullwhip effect caused this huge amount of inventory to just be sitting in supply chains. And we really saw a movement in April to get a lot of that inventory run down. And, you know, one of the things we break out when we do the report is early in the month versus late in the month. And we saw a real, like, huge shift in, in the second half of April. If, if you look at our inventories, we went from a 63, uh, so, so a rate of growth of 63 in the first half of April, which is a, a moderate rate of growth, to a 42.6 in the second half of April, which tells us that companies were actively shedding inventories at a faster rate than we've seen since the very beginning of, of COVID at a, at a really fast rate in late April. And, and honestly, that's true all the way through our, our, April, our April report is that late April was totally different from early April. Like if you looked at the overall numbers, late April actually came in at a 48.9. We've never had contraction before ever uh, in the overall index, but in the second half of April, we did. Now, I don't know if that's a trend that will continue, but if it does, we could be looking at contraction for the first time ever in May. Now, the one thing I want to point out before we get into that is, while we saw all of our inventory and warehousing metrics really come down in the second half of April, we actually saw some of our transportation bump up just a bit. Now, not into to crazy growth or anything, but the rate of contraction really slowed down for inventory prices and uh, and and transportation capacity. The rate of growth slowed way down, like slowed down by 13 points. And so what that suggests, I think, is that, yes, we're running down inventories, but there are some companies, including consumer packaged goods, services, things like that that are replenishing at a decent rate. Now, bulky stuff, uh, durable goods, we know that's not moving anywhere. Nobody's buying a house. Nobody needs a new dishwasher right now. But some of the smaller things, the things that aren't tied to an interest rate, are moving. And I think what we saw in April, it's not a sea change, but it is, uh, I think, finally, some companies are achieving their goals that we've been pursuing for a year and two or three months of getting those inventory levels down. And that's really what's driving our, our overall index down. And so, Dr. Rogers, when we're getting into that inventory talk, inventory is being drawn down. What does that do for when we think start thinking about inventory costs or even getting into the warehouse situation? Right. So, so our inventory costs are much lower now uh, than they have been. You know, right now our, our inventory costs were a 65, which is still one of our higher metrics, but much lower than it had been. Those were up in the high 80s. For, for most of last year. And then the year before it, they were really high, but inventory levels were still really low because inventory was coming in and then turning over right away. 
And now we're getting back to what we would normally see in terms of the relationship between inventory levels and inventory costs, which is they're moving together. When inventory levels go down, costs go down. When they go up, costs go up. Now, there is a delay with inventory uh, costs and warehouse prices because of the multi-year nature of most warehousing contracts. You know, warehousing prices, we have it at a 69.8 still. It's, It's still relatively high. Now, that is, I would point out, the first time it's been below 70 since September of 2020. So that's a nice bit of relief if you're looking for warehousing um, space. But because the contracts are long term, we still have a bunch of folks, uh, you know, it's it, who like paid a lot for a house when the market was high and now it's devalued a little bit. That's similar to what we're seeing in warehousing contracts. And those will always lag the rest of our indicators, especially compared to something like transportation, which can change so quickly because warehousing is slow. So I guess the answer to that would be new warehousing, probably going to be quite a bit cheaper than what you were seeing a year ago or two years ago. But overall, it's still lagging uh, the change we're seeing in transportation prices. Yeah. uh, So warehousing cooling off finally. I know that that was supposed to be one of the still hot, especially supply chains are kind of evolving and diversifying. Uh, It was supposed to still remain relatively hot. But I, I want to ask you, you always have an interesting upstream and downstream view. And we've seen all these little mini bubbles uh, come out of the pandemic. We've been transitioning for a year now out of this pandemic era consumer demand bubble that's been relatively popped at this point. But manufacturing and energy and you know housing to an extent all kind of had a little bit of a renaissance there as we came out of it. And the upstream seemed to be more active, you know, as they got some of these bottlenecks out of the way. Are you seeing any of that continue? Are you seeing any other bubbles kind of start to form uh, as we kind of, it seems like we're stabilizing somewhat? I think we are uh, moving close to stability. I mean, if you look at inventory for upstream, 49.3, which is about as close to stability as you could be. I mean, it's right at about no movement. Now, downstream, we do see a little bit of growth. We're, we're at 55.4. And I actually think it speaks to, you mentioned Rachel's uh, great article uh, earlier uh, in the show, which she's talking about, you know, there's some people that aren't so focused on the cheap, uh, the cheap trucking, partly because I think they're, they're looking for, uh, you know, continuous assurance of supply. And one of the things she mentioned was consumer packaged goods, which would be a downstream, you know, sort of piece, the, the retail side, because those things are still moving, uh, I think at a pretty good rate. Um, I do think in terms of upstream, you know what's interesting is that our only real statistically significant difference uh, in April was for available transportation capacity. So for downstream, it was a 75.7. For upstream, it was a 66.7. So both of those show growth. But what's interesting is that downstream firms, nine points faster uh, in terms of expansion of available transportation capacity than what we saw um, upstream, which I think would be counterintuitive for some folks when you look at where people are spending money. But in terms of what you're saying about those bottlenecks opening up, I think it actually makes some sense. And so we're seeing a tighter transportation. Now, we're still seeing growth, right? It's just a slower rate. I always feel like, you know, I start to come on here and talking about the derivative of a derivative. I always worry that I'm getting doing the week. But, but, you know, the the derivative of the derivative um, for for the upstream folks, is moving significantly slower 
than what we see um, than what we see downstream. And what's what's really interesting about that is, you know, we also ask about, okay, in the future, where is this? Where is this going? And our upstream people actually were predicting slightly more growth in inventories over the next year. Now it's pretty close for the the overall inventory levels. Where you really see the difference is in inventory cost. It's at 16 points higher upstream, which I think does show a ramping up um, uh, of goods and anticipation that some of the demand for durable goods will come back. We also see uh, the same split we saw transportation capacity, but an even wider gulf where it's 17 points lower for our upstream folks. And so there really is, uh, uh, it's interesting optimism uh, on the upstream side that I don't think we've seen for a while. Um, and I think it has to do one with, with maybe, and again, I know you're more of a pessimist. It does seem like maybe interest rates are going to slow down a little, I hope. And when the interest rates slow down, I think that's when we'll see the top half of the economy, the, the upstream come into play. And if you look at where we are right now, it's so similar to 2018 and 2019, where we had a freight recession, absolutely, which Craig called like, you know, whatever, a year ago. We had a freight recession, um, but we didn't have an overall recession because consumer spending kept us afloat. And you think, okay, well, what kicked us out of the freight recession? Uh, worldwide pandemic. Okay, th- well, okay, hopefully that's not the solution this time. But what could be a solution, I think, it'll be, it'll be slower. So, you know, COVID snapped us out of the freight recession like that. That's not the way this is going to end. This one will be more gradual, more like the sort of normal business cycle. And I think maybe now you showed that step graph a minute ago of, of rejection rates. And I'm, I'm always nervous now to say we're at the bottom, but maybe we're getting close. And, and I do think the optimism that we saw upstream suggests that some of our upstream folks uh, think think we're getting close uh, as well. And so what I imagine is is going to happen is that as interest rates stabilize, you'll have less uncertainty in the market because interest rates themselves are not the thing that keep uh, investments from happening. Once the interest rates are baked into the cake, then people can adjust to that and spending can continue. So once interest rates are stabilized, I do think we will see a slow uptick of spending on durable goods. And once that spending on durable goods really kicks in, we will see, I think, some uh, hope in the freight market because right now all the bulk stuff is just sitting there. And the, the final number I'm going to throw at you upstream versus downstream is overall LMI uh, for our, our, our future prediction. Downstream came in at a, a 48.4, which is a, a little less uh, than no growth, uh, you know, close to you know, a little contraction. Upstream, 54. So a, a solid six points higher for the upstream because I think that, you know, downstream we're thinking maybe we'll sort of stay the same because we haven't dipped as much. But upstream is thinking we may be on our way back up. And that's about the first time we've seen a positive number in those upstream future predictions in 2023. Dr. Rogers, this has been absolutely amazing. And you said, you know what, you could be back, you know, once a month. But I'm thinking, Zach, we might have to try to get him in almost every other week at, at least. I mean, not that it's been amazing. Not when I'm on vacation, though. No, no, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll save. We'll, 
we won't we right it's it's one Zach or none yeah <laughs> exactly no I, I think it's I think it's fascinating what you're talking about here because we've seen similar things like flatbed for instance Anthony's favorite uh, sector has had that upstream experience that you're talking about it's been contracting but at a much slower rate and that's that upstream eccentric kind of manufacturing holding on to the raw materials, waiting for the big release. And I think you make a good point about that federal interest rate expectation. Um, and they're waiting for the sign. You know, it's almost like everybody's like, okay, when Gozer, yeah. the coming of Gozer, <laughs> you know, they're sitting there and they're a uh, Ghostbusters reference showing my age. Uh, the, you know, when interest rates do pause or at least look like they're not going any higher, I think that's when everybody's expecting this gate release of investment activity potentially. Uh, Fingers crossed uh, for that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if people do jump on those pauses or if they start waiting and say, hey, you know what? I expect interest rates to go down. And now if they're going to sit on the sidelines and wait for it. So definitely going to be an intriguing time in American, uh, I think. Um, We're still transitioning, though. We're still moving through. Things are not stable yet. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Zach Rogers. And where can people find more about the LMI real quick? <laughs> Uh, the-lmi.com. We've got uh, the last year of reports are, are all up there for free. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for watching. Once again, we'll be back. Same bat time, bat channel next week on noon at noon. Drink for water. Drink <laughs> water. Happy and, Mother's Day. Yeah. Have, yes. Call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> he misses her. <laughs>